clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm so excited about today's show. This is episode 88. And listen, this is going to be one of those shows that you need to share with someone else. Listen, I feel like you need to share every show with with someone. But this is going to be the show that you want to share with someone. Um, Listen, last week I took last week off. I needed to get some rest, y'all. I I felt like I was um, burnt out. I was burnt out. If I could just be honest with you guys, it's been so much going on, you know, transitioning into homeschooling my, my, my oldest son while having my youngest son at home as well. Um, just a lot of transitions happening with my family, a lot of good things happening. Um, and so I'm just been just trying to adjust to the transitions that are taking place, you know, from releasing my, my, my new album, promoting it, promoting the new visual that I just dropped for the song God With Us, which is actually, this show is actually titled after that song, which we're going to get into that a little later. But it's been so much going on, and I know many of you guys can identify because this this year has brought so many different changes and transitions and, and listen, my prayer is that you faint not <laughs> that if you need to take a necessary break to get rejuvenated, do it. You know, if you need to take time to to allow the Lord to rejuvenate you, take necessary breaks, because when you're not well mentally, when you're not well spiritually, when you're not well physically, what good are you to uh, to those who need you? And so I needed a break. I needed to take a break just to spend time with the family and get rest, to rest my mind. And so I feel fresh. I feel fresh today. I'm excited about today's show, uh, which is sponsored by Parker Branding Group. If you need any social media marketing, go to uh, parkerbrandinggroup.com. If you need a new website or website management development, or just graphics for your brand, go to parkerbrandinggroup.com. We'll be more than happy to service you and take your your vision and your brand to the next level. But listen, I want to hop into the featured song for this episode, which is from my new album, Paradigm Shift. This song is titled God With Us. Let's hop into it right now. I was having a conversation with a friend, and he began to share with me his frustrations about church and God and religion, and why he's not a Christian. Uh, I'm very leery of stepping in your sanctuary, when you paint God as being a genie or a fairy. Your delusion are waiting for a second coming All I see is broken promises from preachers fronting Offering you lies, but you're offering in tithes Members struggling, yet his assets multiply Please remove the cloak from your eyes His mansions on earth are cells you want in the sky 
Like God's about to rain money We're outside the gang bang And the kids are hungry Now hearing God is good Only makes my blood boil You're loyal to a God Who does nothing for you Why don't these sermons annoy you When the streets are filled with blood Running like anointing oil Murder, rape, diseases, please do tell How could the God of heaven love us When we're born in hell Jesus, saw you there? Cause the last time I prayed Things got worse, forget the church Jesus doesn't say Serving the wokeness God Jesus had us picking cotton over master's lies Ripped our women, killed our men Boy, picked them crops Now slaves to the justice system And killed by cops Stray bullets, killing innocent kids Too odd to trust in the God Whose face is hid And as he was talking I could hear The frustration The anger Even the confusion Yet sincerity and issues he raised. And so I pray, God, help me respond with much grace and truth. Because of lies, Jesus gets a bad rap. Cause they were quoting scriptures, taking whips to our backs. But the same scriptures they twisted to enslave us. Inspired abolitionists to liberate us. So which is the proper example of Jesus? The ones who raped and beat us or the ones who freed us? Through history, men abuse scripture for their agenda. It doesn't reflect God, it just reflects that men are sinners. So God became a man and put on human flesh to endure and overcome everything we experience. He came to earth, born of a virgin, though he made us from dirt. Cause in the beginning, man loved and walked with God. Giving control over the earth, they were not at odds. God is love, yet holy, his standard is perfection. Yet Adam sinned against God and brought death and destruction. So as a result of the fall, through Adam, death reigns. So life is full of diseases, murder, rape, and pain. But where sin prevails, grace much more. We blame Christ for evil, he gave himself to die for. Saying, why doesn't God just eliminate evil? Because if he did, there would be no more people Forced to think we'd still be here If God decided today to make evil disappear Cause all of sin and falling short of God's glory So I consider every breath we take to be his mercy His mercy's rich and he gives the breath in our lungs We used to sin against him world depraved, so Jesus suffered and died so that we can be saved, and so despite tribulations we are overjoyed, this life is temporary, one day death will be destroyed, he'll wipe every tear, no more sorrow, no more pain, his resurrection is legitimacy for these claims, he'll wipe every tear, no more sorrow, no more pain, his resurrection is legitimacy for these claims. why the title of today's show is God with us with the question mark behind it and the song the same is because I wanted to capture the sentiment that people have concerning God's goodness and that is if God is so good why does he allow evil why do we see so much pain and misery I mean if we just look at 2020 and so as I dive into this topic, which is inspired by my song, God With Us, off my latest project, Paradigm Shift, I want to answer this question dealing with three areas that I think are important to this topic. And those three areas are free will, 
and is free will actually biblical? And the second, the horrible effects of sin. And thirdly, and maybe even fourthly, the hope of the gospel and this life being temporary and what that means in light of the hope that we have in Christ. When I first made the song God with us, I want to say I started writing the song about four or five years ago. And it's crazy to think because I, I always ha I was planning for this song to be on Path of Revelations project. Everything changes and it just was never complete. You know, I, I probably produced three or four different beats for this song. And just conceptually, I, I felt like it did not fit on everything changes. And so when we began to work on our last project, the peculiar, I was like, man, I'm going to put it on the peculiar. And it just it just didn't feel right. It didn't fit. And so I believe the Lord was just leading me and saying, hey, this is for your first solo project. And just to think that a song that I started writing four to five years ago is so relevant right now and that many of you guys are hearing it now. It is just amazing to me just to see the feedback and the testimonies and it's extremely humbling. And so the song was inspired by conversations I had been having with friends of mine who weren't Christians, some of who at one time identified as Christian and they began to voice their frustrations with me concerning God and their view of Christianity and faith. Um, they begin to share personal experiences and things that had happened in their lives that brought them to the question of if God is so loving and if God is so good and cares, why would he allow these things to happen? And so the question became, why does God allow evil or why should I choose Jesus if you're saying he's so good and I don't see his goodness? And also the argument would come up that Christianity was forced on us by slave masters. And so this song really was birthed out of personal encounters with these type of individuals. And I found that these topics and questions are often hard for many Christians to answer. And so what I wanted to do with this song is to is take on these topics and questions head on and not run away from them. I wanted to deal with greed in the church. I wanted to deal with a lot of the misinformation surrounding Christianity and really challenge the perspectives and perception that people had of God in light of the truth that is found in the word of God. And so I take this song very seriously and this topic very seriously because I view it as literally, <clears throat> excuse me, contending for people's soul. Because I understand how wicked this world is. I understand that many of us have been through traumatic experiences or have witnessed horrific events happen to people. And it has all made us at some point in time question, well, God is supposed to be good. 
How can he allow something so terrible like 9-11? How can he allow innocent people to die? How can he allow children to be slaughtered? How can he allow such great pain and grief? And so I want to deal with one of the overarching questions and topics brought up in this song. And that is, why does God allow evil? I think when answering the question of why does God allow evil things to happen, I believe one of the most important places to start in this topic is with the fact that God is love. Now, some of you might say, why? Why start there? Why do we why start there? Well, first of all, the Bible says that God is love. And, and I think it's also important to start here because I believe one of the prerequisites to love is choice. Because love is an action. When we look at what God did for us through the work of Christ, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so love is an action and a choice. And so since the scriptures let us know that God is love, he has given us his creation, a choice to choose him or reject him. God didn't make us robots. God desires fellowship with us, his creation. God desires fellowship with man. He desires our worship. He desires our submission. He desires our honor. And so why does God allow evil? It's because God has given us a choice. He has given us free will. And I believe that this is supported in scripture. Listen, I know and understand that some of you don't believe in free will, <clears throat> excuse me, don't believe in free will and have come to different theological conclusions that God ordains and decrees all things good and bad. But I don't believe that is consistent with God's nature. And before you shut me off and, and don't want to hear me out, just bear with me. Give me some time, because one of the things I believe about topics like this, I don't believe these type of topics can effectively be fleshed out over social media or in a comment section, I should say. I believe that weighty topics like this actually take time and 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 deserve time to be given to to actually flesh them out. And so with that being said, I believe God is so sovereign that he does not have to decree our actions to accomplish his will. But I believe he is so sovereign that his plan will be accomplished regardless of our choices. And so I think we have to start off with dealing with God giving man free will and the ugly nature of sin. I think these two areas are extremely necessary in dealing with why does God allow evil? Because I believe that it answers the question most accurately and I also believe that it helps us understand the necessity of the gospel, 
Because if there is no evil, there is no need for the gospel. And so why does God allow evil to happen? It's because God gave man free will. He gave man the ability to obey him or disobey him. And so I want to look in the beginning to answer many of these questions. For example, when we look in the beginning in Genesis chapter three, we see that God gives man or Adam dominion over the earth and in him giving him dominion over the earth and telling him to be fruitful and multiply, giving him authority to name all of the animals, his creation. He tells Adam out of all the things that he can do, he tells him that the that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not to be eaten from. He says, do not eat from it. In Genesis chapter two, verse 16 through 17, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so God says, don't eat from the tree. God clearly makes known his desire and his will to Adam. I think it's important for us to understand something here. It's important for us to understand that before Adam sinned and ate of the tree, everything was perfect. Genesis chapter one, verse 31 says that everything God created was good. There was no death there. There was no sickness. There was no sorrow. There was no decay. There was no pollution. There was no crime. There was no violence. But when Adam ate up the tree, when Adam disobeyed God, the Bible lets us know that through Adam, death came. And through Adam, death reigned. That's Romans 5. And listen, I have to hit on this point because I know some good brothers and sisters who I, who I admire greatly, who I have been edified by, who believe that God decrees not just good, but evil. And that he's decreeing all things. So whether it's good or bad, it's all God. Ultimately, it's all God. And I don't believe that to be the case. Like I said before, I believe that God is sovereign despite our free will. Not his sovereignty is only valid when we don't have free will. I do not believe that to be consistent with scripture. I do not believe that God will instruct man not to do something while decreeing that man do it. In other words, I do not believe that God spoke to Adam and said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But before the foundations of the earth, he had already decreed that Adam would eat from the tree. That would make God contradict himself. Now, one of the things I consistently hear whenever discussing the free will conversation is that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And you know what I say to that? I say, amen. That's the Bible. A hundred percent is undeniable. But 
when we look at God hardening Pharaoh's heart, I believe it's extremely important for us to look at how God hardens someone's heart. When we look at the story of Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, God speaks to Moses in chapter 4, verse 21, and lets Moses know that I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart. But what's interesting, just as we see scriptures that say God hardened Pharaoh's heart, we also see it where Pharaoh hardened his own heart. So what I believe to be consistent with scripture and how God hardens people's hearts is that God gives people over to their own lusts and desires. What do I mean by that? Ultimately, God is going to give everyone exactly what they want. And so either we want his will, his desires, or we want our will and our desires. When we look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. When we look at Romans chapter one, it walks us through God giving people over to their sinful desires and it explains why God gave them over to their sinful desires. When we look at Romans chapter one, verse 28, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, listen, what is a reprobate mind when you're when you are reprobate? It means you are stuck in your ways. Your mind is literally made up. There's nothing anyone can do to convince you otherwise. And so it says that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, God gave them their desires to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. And then it goes on to list all of the sins and and, and wickedness that people rejected God for when we look at second Thessalonians chapter two, starting at verse nine through 12. And I have to read through this because I want to establish something that I think is very important. And that is God is not responsible for evil. Yes, God allows evil, <clears throat> but he is not responsible for it. In other words, it is not God who decrees, who decreed evil. When we look at second Thessalonians chapter two, starting at verse nine, it says the coming of the lawless one. Many of us believe the lawless one here it, 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 that is referring to is the Antichrist. It says the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. In other words, he is coming for those who are lost because they refused to love the truth. 
and so be saved. In other words, they rejected the gospel. They didn't want to be saved. They wanted their own way. They wanted their own desires. It says they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion. This is God giving them what they want. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion. This is why the world is so wicked today. This is why we and I have to say this. This is why the world is so evil today. This is why we as Christians should be proclaiming the gospel. We don't have time to be distracted with with everything that's going on around us. We need to be looking for ways to to infiltrate culture with this glorious gospel. But it says, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. In order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, if you read and carefully you'll notice that all of these people had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to choose Christ. It wasn't like the gospel wasn't presented to them. It wasn't like they did not have an opportunity. It's that they just rejected it. God sent his word and they rejected it. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's James chapter four, verse six. So God will ultimately give a person over to a reprobate mind. And in doing so, he is hardening their heart because God desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's Ezekiel, I believe, 33 and 11. Now, some of you may say that all is referring to just those who will be saved. But if we look at Acts chapter 17, I want to back back up these claims with scripture. When we look at Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 26 through 27. Now we have to look at this carefully. And it says, and he made referring to God and he made from one man referring to Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Now, it's important that we understand the context of this is all men, not just all men from not when not just all men as referring to all nations, but literally all men. Because all it starts off by saying, and he made from one man, every nation of mankind. So when we look at it, starting with Adam, since we're all in Adam, not just some people in, in, in every nation, but we're all in Adam. It we have to understand the context is all men. It doesn't switch from all men to just some men or or the elect and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God 
So in other words, God put each and every one of us where we are purposely. So if you grow up, if you grew up in the hood or if you grew up in the suburbs, God purposely put you where he put you at. Why? Let's continue reading. And, and that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. So what the scriptures is communicating is that God literally put each and every one of us where we are to give us the best possible opportunity to find him. That's that's what the scripture just said. And the reason why I think it's important for me to hit on these points is because I think it's extremely important for us to understand that God is not responsible for evil. Like when we look at a scripture like um, which is often another scripture that I often hear in reference of God decreeing evil is when we look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse four through six. It says the Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Now, many people read that and say, see, God decreed evil. He made someone. He made the evil. He made hit. He made Hitler. He made Saddam Hussein. And you know what I say to that? I say, amen. God made wicked men, but God did not make them wicked. How do we know? Let's continue reading. We can't just stop at verse four. Verse five goes on to say, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Verse six, be steadfast, love and faithfulness. Iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. He, the scriptures are literally communicating to us that God is not responsible for evil. Yes, he made the evil person. Yes, God made Pharaoh. Yes, God made a Hitler. But ultimately, God gives these individuals over to their own lusts and desires, to their own reprobate minds. And so I think it's important as we as we read through the scriptures, um, we have to learn how to set aside our presuppositions and not impose our presuppositions onto the text. Because when and, and I'm saying this for myself as well, like, can can we all be guilty of imposing presuppositions? Absolutely. But listen. Will God allow evil to accomplish his purpose? Absolutely. Because the reality and, and hear me good. The reality is we live in a fallen world. When Adam sinned. The world fell. Sin brought the curse of death. And so the reality is we live in a fallen world. But it was never God's intention for man to sin. It was never God's intention for there to be death, for there to be pain, for there to be sorrow, for there to be hurt. 
These things were never God's intention. But because we live in a fallen world, God uses all things to accomplish his purpose. And this is why the Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And so though we have trials and tribulations and though we live in a, a broken and evil world, this is why it's, the gospel is so needed because Jesus lets us know in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation. In other words, you shall have problems. You, sh you shall have issues. But he goes on to say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, we have to understand something. Some of the evil that a lot of the evil or, or I should say, just say the evil that we see is the result of man's wickedness. It is the result of choice. But the Lord assures us that we have hope in him. He also assures us that these things are temporary and that the suffering of this present time isn't even to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. This is why it is such a need for the gospel. Jesus said, don't fear them who kill the body, but fear him who has power to destroy both body and soul in hell. In other words, he says, don't fear men, fear God. What's interesting is he the, the bite. What, what I love about the scriptures is it does not shy away from confronting the evil of the day. But 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 instead, the Bible gives us the why behind the evil that we see today. It lets us know why the world is broken. It lets us know why times are hard. And so instead of us blaming God, we should be running to God. We should be running to him to taste and see that he is good. We should be running to him to, to be able to see that his mercy endures forever. And so we have this hope in him. What is the hope? What is this hope? John three sixteen through 18 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten son. When we look at first John chapter three, verse eight, 
it says he that committeth sin is of the devil for the devil sinneth from the beginning for this purpose the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil listen some of you might be saying well what when is that is coming is coming the Bible lets us know that that all of these things will the evil that we see is coming to an end and the Bible encourages us the Lord encourages us in the word to endure to the end we have to endure in Timothy Paul writes to Timothy and says endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ for let for for no man war no man that warf entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier it is time for many of us to get enlisted the Bible gives us promises in Revelations 21 verse 4 it says and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. There is a time coming. And listen, what what I what we have to understand is that in the midst of all the evil that we see. Christ is still on the throne. He said, cast your cares on me. For I care for you. He says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we look in John chapter 14 and through 15 and 16, Jesus talks about the comforter, the Holy Ghost, who he will send to us when he goes away. When he ascended, he says, I go away, but I won't leave you comfortless. For I will send you a comforter, a helper the spirit of truth and he will lead and guide you into all truth he he the the holy ghost is a comforter he is a helper he is god on the inside of us and this is not a figment of our imagination this is not metaphoric but those who place faith in jesus christ will literally receive the deposit of the Holy Ghost. God will come to live in your mortal body. God will come to live in this corrupt shell of a body. And some of you are like, why are you calling your body corrupt? Because this is this body, even this body that we're in is just temporary. Man, I'm getting excited. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Starting at verse 51, it says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have 
shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Listen, death will be swallowed. When Jesus, I have to stop right here. When Jesus died on the cross and when he rose from the grave, he secured our victory. He secured our victory over death. And so though all of us is going to die one day because of the fall, not all of us is going to stay dead. Not all of us is going to stay uh, in the ground. It says, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus got up. Hallelujah. We're going to get up. And so we don't have to fear the, the evil that we see. For we serve a Christ. We serve a Lord and a Savior who overcame the things that we see. And this is why the scripture says, set your affection on things above, not things on this earth this is why the scripture says though the issues of life um though though from the heart flows the issues of life it says do not be entangled with the affairs of this life that you may please him who have enlisted you to be a soldier are you enlisted today though do you know him and when i say do you know him i'm not just talking about knowing church i'm not talking about um, no, uh, being familiar with church and attending and church attendance. I'm talking about, do you know Christ? Because there are people who have been in church their entire lives and don't know the Lord. Your attendance in a, in a church is not a, a substitution for a personal relationship with the Lord. And so we have to understand that this life is temporary. In James chapter four, verse 14, it says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. See, many of us get wrapped up in a vapor and we put more emphasis and focus on a vapor than eternity. Eternity is forever. Some of listen, the reality is all of us is going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. You're going to die one day. But the question is, have you made your calling an election? Sure. Have you secured your eternity? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Because not everyone is going to heaven. And that's a whole nother show. But the reality is that not everyone is going to heaven. And hell is real. Many of us have been distracted fighting all of these different fights. We're fighting. We're fighting for our skin. We're fighting for our political parties. And listen, I understand God um, is a God of justice. He wants us to stand up against 
injustice. But some of us have become so distracted by these things that we aren't even proclaiming the gospel anymore. Because we're no longer convinced of the gospel. We're looking to the world to solve what's wrong with the world when we have the answer in Christ. And so do you know him? I've been talking lately on this show and I've been I've been reading the scripture where Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth, I believe. He says, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Some of us think we're saved and we're not saved. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. We say we're Christian. But our our our, our God is really our, our political parties. We say we're a Christian, but our God is really our our culture and our ethnicity. We say we're Christian, but we have other idols before him. Now is a good time to repent and get it right. Now is a good time to surrender and, and rededicate your heart to the Lord. And so the reality is that. God will allow evil. He he allows these things to happen, but it's only temporary. The reality is some of us would have never come to Christ if it wasn't for evil circumstances happening in our lives. Some of the most horrific circumstances and situations are what brought us to this loving savior. And so God doesn't just use the good to get our attention. God uses it all to point us to him. And so I want you guys to be encouraged. I want you guys. Now is the time to seek after God like never before. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. It is time for us to steadfast and get locked in. Be encouraged, Christian. Be unashamed of this gospel. Proclaim it for it is the power of God unto salvation. I believe God is still a miracle worker. I believe God is still saving sinners. I believe God is still healing and raising the dead. I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we can rest assured that he is still in control. It is time to stop looking with our natural eyes and get in tune with the spirit. Because just as we're seeing a great falling away, I believe that we there is a great revival as well, because what 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 God is what what God may be using to uh, push others away. He's also using to draw those who have a desire for him. And so be encouraged, believers. Listen, I, I, 
I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Listen, if you have any questions or prayer requests, go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests. Leave your questions. Listen, check out the merch. I got new hoodies and new t-shirts. Power Love Sound Mind tees. Love is Greater Than Fear tees and hoodies. Listen, check out the site. Also, make sure you check out my latest album, Paradigm Shift. It's my first project as a solo artist. The reviews have been great. It's available on all digital outlets. Also, I haven't said this in a while, but if you would like to donate to the show, you can do so. My my PayPal is pathofrevelationnow at gmail.com or you can cash at me, Gabriel T. Parker. The money will go right back into Path of Revelation for advertisements and future projects. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast and this is where the culture meets scripture.